Hello and welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. On this podcast, I aim to inspire change by speaking to people that I relate to and we'll be discussing a range of subjects and topics including trauma, adversity, healing and mental health and well-being. I cherish my inner being and I'm on a journey to stay grounded, living in the present, reflecting on the past and looking forward to the future. This week's guest is Patrick. Patrick spent his early years in sales selling from anything from cars, gym equipment, rehab equipment and drugs legally as a medical rep before becoming a qualified physiotherapist and running his own business for a short period. Eventually he found his way into training and coaching and hasn't looked back. He has had the opportunity to work in sales enablement, training and development in the tech space from startup to scale up, working in all areas from new hires to leadership. He has a passion for helping and supporting people to be better than they think they can. Executive and life coach, sales enabler, proud father and loving husband, fitness fanatic, Tottenham Hospital fan, Irish rugby fan, He's delighted to be a guest on the show. And apologies there for the little interruption mid monologue. Charlie, we'll play a little more. Enjoy the episode. Medicine for the soul. Life deals in discomfort and pain. Coaching, support, sports science to sales, sleepless nights, sales community, performance anxiety, show up and work with the present, out loud thinking partner, sharing, energy, innate wisdom, listen, no client, no coach, help, point, signpost, temperament. Everybody should have somebody. No one is broken. Just need to see it. Wait from the introduction and see where we go. As in, you know, yeah. take, I, like, take, I like that. Take, I was there, there this morning. I was like, well, what are we talking about? And I was like, maybe that's the joy. We don't know what's going yeah. to come at us. So we'll just talk. Like as in talk from the Indeed story. Just as in like we met in Indeed and then let it flow. Yeah. The journeys um, that we're on, I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I, I think I think that's the beauty when you don't have it too scripted that you just whatever comes through, that rhythm will actually look after itself. Yeah. Like that, that's what I found in all of them so far. Yeah, it's been so much more natural. So we go I have, for it. I have nothing to sell. So yeah, well, not now. <laughs> <laughs> so don't, I have no book coming out. Oh, oh, like. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, actually, before we, before we kick off, actually, how was your uh, weekend, your birthday weekend? Oh, it was, it was excellent. <laughs> I have to tell you, it like 
the boys, like I said, it was the fear of the lads going. We never saw the hinch, by the way. Never saw the hinch because we were all <laughs> we were always in Milltown Malbay. Like we never moved from Milltown Malbay. We were like a minute. It's a good. Spot. It's a good old spot as well, though. Good, good spot. Um, and I jumped in the sea in 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 Sea Point or in uh, Spanish Point on the Sunday, but lads were coming back and they were dying. Like with three days, you know, and hanging and dying, but not nobody was messaging me going, "Oh, I was in the horrors." Everybody was like. That was just great. That was like, it was like medicine for the soul. After two yeah, years yeah, in yeah. a pandemic, yeah, yeah. I hadn't seen some of these guys in two years. And just to be in a house with a bunch of your your, your bestest mates, drinking beers, going watching football, talking shite, like <laughs> it couldn't have been, it couldn't have been better medicine. Like, do you know what Unreal. I mean? Like, uh, so it was brilliant. And I feel like, even there, since I've been home, my sleeping, like I've been sleeping in like past seven o'clock every morning now. I just nice. Go, like it's there's something it's weird. It's a weird thing. You know, it's a cleansing almost. Um, I don't even know if I would have needed alcohol. One of the lads didn't drink on the second day and he was grand, you know, but it was just good. It was good. It's good to get away. Unreal. Well, as you say, you have a build up now, you have another few months. <clears throat> Well, that's well, in the uh, in the general. I have a party. Yeah, I have, uh, yeah. I'm gonna have a party in a few weeks, and then, um, and then that'll be that. Really, there'll be not much more celebration after that. Well, obviously, on the on the night itself, like happy well, on the birthday. night, we're gonna, we're gonna go to we're gonna go to Dublin and stay in Intercontinental on the night and take oh, our yes. take my daughter with us. We booked a suite, and my 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 cousins married Devon's sister, so they're coming down, and it'll just be the five of us. Um, oh yeah, because there's that big festival in Dublin that weekend, or that night, isn't there? Is there? There's the New Year's Eve thing. Is that the one you're talking about? Oh yeah, but we're just gonna stay in a hotel and uh, we're oh yeah, okay, out, out near Balls Bridge, and we got a we got a suite so Ari can have a room and we can have a room and oh, class. just chill out and have some dinner and a few drinks. You oh know? yeah, yeah, that'll be nice. because like any of those things on New Year's, it's all overpriced and da da da. Everybody's yeah. same so. crack every day or same crack different day. Like we even got that thing in work there a while ago with uh, <laughs> what things do I want to work over the holidays? And to be honest, this year I'm kind of like, geez, I nearly worked through. Like I don't really, it doesn't really bother me this year in the sense of yeah. like, you know, things, the build up to Christmas is probably the better part of it. Like you know, it is, know. isn't it? It is. But anyway, before we get lost with time, uh, we crack on. Let's go. Welcome to the Riff Raff and Rory podcast. My God, this feels so strange saying this in the context of uh, someone that has supported me through a lovely journey. But I'm so fortunate and grateful to be joined today by a former colleague turned friend uh, slash supportive coach. I'd say he could umbrella so many terms that he's helped me through in the last few years and months. Um, Patrick, welcome to the show. Oh, brilliant. Rory, thanks so much for having me. Delighted to be here uh heard a lot of the episodes so it's uh it's it's nice to be on it's uh yeah well it's definitely due i think uh from a context i don't think i've actually explored some areas which actually just come to mind now now that we were actually saying pre-recording what to actually discuss but uh for maybe the viewers well sorry listeners rather sorry do you want to maybe set the scene uh on where you are in your own career to date uh maybe i'll naturally say as we linked up in indeed but naturally where you're currently at in that environment and maybe we could pick it up from there 
Yeah, absolutely. So uh, at the moment now, working with uh, DocuSign, great company, and um, still in the enablement world, um, still focusing on coaching. Um, I'm lucky enough that I'm getting to work with, um, I suppose, what's classified as the XDR org. So uh, top of the funnel, the um, you know the the people that are involved in bringing customers to the sales people within uh, DocuSign. So that's really exciting for me because they're on their the beginning uh, of their journey into the world of sales. So it's it, it's brilliant to get to work with them and coach them and and support them. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Unbelievable, and uh, <laughs> it's a really uh, interesting time as we were just discussing before we came on. Uh, I think, what year was it we connected? I think, would it have been 2017? Is that right? I think so. Just in the middle of that, I'd say. Yeah. Um, I started February 2017. Yeah, so we started in, I suppose, the middle of the journey. And indeed, I think, was yeah. where we really got to know each other. But you would have been in the tech space a lot earlier than I was. Three, um, indeed, even, I'd say. Like, wh- where has your own journey gone in the tech world like i know maybe give us a bit more context like you were uh, obviously based back up north before that like you've had a career that's been a bit more diverse than not just in sales that's an interesting way to put it yeah i didn't know what i wanted to be until before i grew up which was at the, the ripe age of 39 uh i suppose i've had many many a career to be fair rory um uh, did my degree in sports science and then decided i wanted to be wanted to be an actor and went to the Gaty School of Acting part-time and got into selling on the, you know, to, to support my acting habit. Um, and that didn't pan out and uh, worked in sales for a while. But back then, Rory, like there was no, uh, there was no tech, there was no inside sales. So everything was out in the road. So I think I sold everything from legal drugs to cars, to gym equipment, um, rehab equipment, um, and then I ended up back in college doing physiotherapy, came out as a physiotherapist, unfortunately, at the wrong time. We were in a, a recession at the time, did that for a little bit uh, and then found my way back into sales. And when I got into Indeed, actually, it was my first job in the tech world. And then I remember getting in there. We used to, I don't know if you um, they used to bring us to Stanford um, to get trained at the time. And that was my first time meeting a sales trainer. And I just thought, oh, what, what is this job? This is, this is the job for me. So uh, stayed on that journey pretty much ever since. Yeah, it's incredible because I think what you've really adapted and connected there is, well, naturally we have connections there from actually even a conversation I had with another guest, Shane, on Wednesday was uh, we both actually coincidentally had done sports science as well. He was one of my college classmates. Uh, so that, that in its own anatomy brings out, you know, a real nice, you know, uh, foundation to our own journeys as well. And then on top of that, as you said, physiotherapy, uh, because I found as well with say, call it the sport world or maybe the science world or all of that together. I think it's like an interesting journey because I did sales just before I actually started in sports science as well. There was always something to do with people I found or Mm -hmm. something in that world of just engaging psychologically or whatever it is. That really caught my interest. And then I suppose my final year project in sports science really caught hold. And that's where I think my interest in psychology nearly became more of an embedded part of my world. And I just have never left it behind me. I've just taken it in the strides as we've gone through it. So like, as you say, it's an interesting journey. Like, would you have thought back when you were in 
say the middle of studies that you would have ended up in sales or training or coaching more so even as a profession in that capacity no i i think about this all the time i mean um, I'll be 40 at the end of this year. You and I were dis- discussing that. You don't get these gray hairs for nothing. Um, and if I look back 10 years ago uh, when I was 30, I mean, I was in physiotherapy college at the time. I was in the Royal College of Surgeons. So if somebody even had told me in 10 years time, you'd work for, I think I've worked for four companies. You'd be in sales. You'd be a sales trainer, a sales coach. Uh, and then you'd end up working for, uh, say, a company called DocuSign. You wouldn't, it, you, you would think somebody was mad. That's, the, that's yeah. what I think is unbelievable about like, the life journey. It's uh, like, how can you predict you know, what's going to be the next 10 years? Obviously, I'd be staying where I am for a long time. But to think 10 years ago that that would have been a thought, uh, you would have thought somebody was mad. Yeah, but there's one. Uh mad thought that's even coming to mind in a really interesting way which i think nearly sets the scene of uh, a lot of the behavioral type uh, environments that we get into in sales you know be it structuring answers with certain strategies or using certain uh, processes to try and discover and understand we'll say consultative selling um maybe we'll come back to that more so what i'm thinking is the first memory that solidly jumped back out at me was when you actually came onto the floor with us around the time, I think you actually did your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and was this say a natural progression? So like you would have done acting, you have your own podcast under your belt. And then obviously you're working in the sales capacity. Do you, do you think they tie in together in some nice way? Uh, I just like to talk. <laughs> that's, that's the common theme in there i'm just a talker um and uh no i i'm joking there there, there could be i i mean i think for me um i suppose if, if nobody's been in sales before they don't understand how difficult uh a profession it is that nobody really has a sense of how difficult um it is um i think they see maybe people that are in sales making a lot of money um and you know having the time of their lives but in fact it you know as a profession it's it's pretty pretty difficult you know i know what we, we've both we've both had sleepless nights uh wondering whether customers are going to sign or they're going to leave and so i think when i started my podcast uh, at the time i think i called it the sales community it was for me a way to try to support people in sales and and make life just that little bit easier for them and my whole concept was could we build a sales community where peers could learn from each other um, and I started interviewing sales people um, and just to hear their story and things that they recommended and you know for me it wasn't about who's the best sales person I just wanted everyday people who sold that another salesperson could maybe listen to and think you know what I go through that and it's nice yeah. to hear that somebody experiences because all we ever see is, uh, you know, the duck in the water or the swan in the water. So you're always looking at the person over there who look who looks like they're, you know, hitting all their numbers. But what you're not seeing is the discomfort maybe or the stress that's going on in their world outside of your eye or outside of work. Um, and so that was, I think, my love of talking and then wanting to support uh, people, uh, salespeople to have just that little bit easier life that was probably where that came from and then ultimately I think that's why I moved into really focusing on coaching and that one-to-one 
sales type of coaching and, and supporting people there. So, yeah, that's a very interesting way of uh, what's the phrase flowing into it with a very nurturing uh, intention. Because, like, I love when the intention comes in. Because I remember, as I said earlier, like that you would have sat on the floor with individual agents or salespeople or whatever way we want to look at it. And you had so much time and care um, for uh, individual uh, sales reps um, because naturally, as you said, you probably had been predisposed to a lot of this prior to a lot of people like myself actually going through the process. And as you said, with the likes of a podcast or all the experience that you've learned and then now rolling more into your say, coaching and uh, supportive roles, um, it's amazing the little um, times in people's careers that you really remember how much uh, someone can be there for you because I remember even in more chapters uh, in different parts you've been there along the way and it just stands out with the little pieces of information that can make a massive difference because as you said sales can be really 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 um, say tough as you said with anxiety maybe with sleepless nights or whatever it is and there's a lot of ripple effects that actually kind of probably don't go um to vocal sorry they're not put out that well um <clears throat> outside of the sales world because like naturally it's like probably sports like in mm. any way people probably see sports people as these you know untouchable icons you know sales people making all these money uh spinning deals and it's like lovely cars lovely houses or whatever but at the same time detrimental to, to what their health primarily a lot of the time um is it worth that money at the end of the day so mm. it's probably something in the world of well, maybe tech is the fast accelerator in this, but I presume this is just sales across the board. I, I, I doubt this is just tech specifically. I presume sales in a lot of ways can be very similar in a lot of organizations. Yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, my dad's been in it for whatever, 35, 40 years, probably still doing something. Um, and, you know, there, there are a lot of people that, I, I, you know, I don't think it's, I make it. I don't make it sound like a bad job. It's not like uh, it's just a stressful job. But the equivalent, like you said, is sports, right? Uh, you know, watching that show the other night with Alan Quinlan on it, talking about you know the anxiety. Keith Earls has his book out now talking about anxiety. So they still love rugby, and you know the people that I've worked with still love selling. It's it's that it can be difficult and it can be stressful, especially when you're uh, maybe behind. Uh, uh where you need to be and so it's being able to be there uh on those moments um to support them whether it's a skills thing or whether it's just for them to have a sounding board like anything like that uh, is is sort of what what i'm about so it's not that it's you know a difficult or it is a difficult job but it's not like you know you wouldn't want people to go into sales people love it uh and you do get the buzz out of it it's just it's it can be hard and it's it's about how to support people when 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 those times are hard. Do, do you think it provides a platform for people in general that like say for example a lot of times you don't really need like you know base level qualifications in a lot of ways to enter say sales like it really provides the opportunity for anyone really to give it a go and a lot of people can become very successful at it that nearly for example even in my own career I found that oh, maybe I wasn't as good at, say, rugby, for example. And I was thinking, oh, my God, I can be good at this. I can sell and I can make loads of money. And it's the same cycle in an environment of a professional sport that you feel like the attention is on you and you have all these metrics. It feels so professional. It's like by the minute, you know, your week nearly is your days. 
uh, during the week where you have all these big deals going on, big meetings, and it's just it's very intense. And that mm. pressure can be quite addictive. Uh, and you know you, you you get caught you get caught up in it, but for sure uh, that's part and of the, it. The reality as well is, uh, you know, sales is involved in everything. True. So you know, if you're a top lawyer or solicitor, it's not because you know the law better than somebody else. It's probably because you're bringing in more clients than the peer Very beside true. you, right? So you're bringing in more money for your firm, and they're thinking, okay, that, that guy Patrick, he you know, good lawyer there. Right. It's not that he's brilliant. It's that he's selling the business to bring in customers. Same, same with accountants, same with anybody who has their own business, same anybody who's got like everybody's involved in this. Right. I, we just happen or I just happen to work with people who call themselves salespeople. Um, <laughs> but, but no matter what other pr- profession, um, you're still you're still sort of selling yourself, even if you're like a consultant and you have a private practice, still sort of selling yourself. You know, um, and so whether people understand it or not, they're always involved in it. I just happen to work with people who, who, who have sales, sales person above their title. Say, so, yeah, that's very true. And when you when you talk about the word title, I love when we're rowing in nicely here on the conscious state. If we're to get really psychological, where where do you think it comes in the sense of like call it be it a new person in a sales role versus maybe a more experienced one and the question behind this i'm asking really is say for the likes of the law of attraction or the likes of subconscious awareness like someone that say maybe has found the groove and the flow like how do you find like maybe your own awareness is like walking onto a floor how do you know like someone needs say support how do you know to identify guys that guy is absolutely flying it would you sense it like is there little cues that you pick up on obviously outside of the dashboard maybe it's probably quite <laughs> no the dashboard's the biggest cue <laughs> yeah but like in, in, in general like what way do you like to kind of engage with each individual rep have you your own strategy have your own supportive kind of say structure or what way do you like to do it well like it's quite different now obviously because everything's quite virtual um so the ability to walk around here and listen to people is is gone for the for the moment um i suppose strategies and all of that like the number one thing well the number one thing in my mind to to always um do when i'm working with people is to in some way help them see a little bit that they have everything they need and then maybe just forgotten it right so the only way i can think about it is um you know, if we all carry a light uh, in us, um, uh, we just put a shawl over it. And it's not that there's anything wrong and we need to find things elsewhere and we need to read self-help books and we need to get on to, you know, podcasts. We just have to maybe come home again and, and realize if we just take, took that shawl off, we would uh, understand that we have everything we need, right? Yeah, uh, very and, true. And then this just gets, our head just gets in the way. So, uh, there's a little bit of when I'm working with somebody is to help them to understand how, how good they actually are, how good we all are. And then, yeah. you know, this, I, I don't know where I actually heard it, but the best um, way I heard coaching described was that everybody has the innate ability to overcome their own challenges. And so when you can think of those two things, then my job is yes to help them with skills and to do role plays and listen to calls but ultimately to help them see that they have everything they need and they just have to see it 
and do you and do you like kind of coming at it from like my own experience there's two types maybe maybe there's more but there's kind of like the say supportive role of like letting the person go through the self-discovery of trying to identify what's wrong or, or do you kind of mix it up with someone that's more uh trying to help uh i suppose signpost is, is it a mix of both or is it just kind of what comes up and you're trying to help along the way yeah it's it's very simple you show up and you work with whatever shows up sure. that's uh, interesting. I, know that, I know that's not a big elaborate thing but uh coaching is not about having all of the answers um and it's not about going in with tactics it's just about going in and being present and and listening and then whatever shows up in front of you that's what that's what you work with yeah fair that's very interesting because i always find maybe like thinking about performance like this is a huge part of where a lot of sales uh really is based on you know be it metrics be it targets be it anything really like i've always found that my career to date has been very similar to my mood you know if i feel good everything goes nice but if it or, or even better but if my mood is off track um you know everything goes the other way and goes south so like i find that say this current present state where i am now feeling very content very happy and this is a very nice flowing conversation so like how would you maybe help someone like naturally there's probably the two highs and lows you know and that's probably very similar to my own condition like I was diagnosed with bipolar this year like that's probably a very typical example in a sales world like you probably have people that are really much you know sorry you probably have people that are really high in their level of uh, targets or ability or whatever it is and people that are really struggling how, how do you find to bring that mix in did you is there a different approach or is it the same thing like literally whatever you're dealt with on the day you just deal with it as it comes yeah i typically don't see people that are up <laughs> up in this I, I, mark, like, I don't i don't i typically don't see that people um and again, look, it comes and you talked about the highs and lows and some moments you're doing well, some moments you're not. But like, isn't that just life? Yeah, isn't true. That just life isn't life highs and lows. And I think it, like it's easy to say this. It's always easy to say it. Right. But the reality true. is, is that, uh, you know, this the, the, the sky can be clear or it can be cloudy, but the sun's always there. It's always very there. nice analogy. Right. So we can be up and we can down, but like our what we what we own and what how good we are, it's always there. Just we don't see it in moments. And yeah. so it's about just it's it's about pointing at it and saying, you know, look at that. Um, so I typically see people who are in mid state or in the lower state. Um, and you know the first thing you have to do is just understand like why are we here and why do you think you're here and tell me about what you've been up to and tell me about where you've come from yeah and then i think that friendly approach probably really resonates because that's one thing that really came across when you were very i suppose grounding like one phrase that really would be uh through my mind when i think of the experience of your support is it's just so grounding like it's the present state it's keeping you focused it's just someone there to say rory it's okay you know that you're hitting all of these nice uh challenges in your life which are actually more positive because i've even noticed it today here even at work 
like anxiety or any of these feelings can be used both ways. You know, if you act on it in a very constructive way and you deal with it as it comes up, it can actually nearly yield results, mm-hmm. you know, in a different way. Whereas in times maybe when you're not thinking clearly, as you said, the blinkers are on, you're maybe overthinking or you're overfocused on something that you might miss something. Yeah. So um, it's, a, it's we, a very interesting twist on how it happens. And we all need that. We all need some. I need somebody. I have a fantastic wife. I, I might come in all, and she's like, oh, look at this. And you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> we, we all need that. Like, we all need that. It, the, you know, I was thinking about it today. And, you know, you read all these books and, you know, people, you know, do this and do that. But like everybody's the same. Everybody's, you know, I hope we are. We're all human. We all have the same. Our brains do a lot of the same stuff. We worry a lot about the same stuff. We sit in the future or we sit in the past. Uh, very rarely in the present. And so we all need somebody to coach us or to sometimes point and say, yeah, but what about that? Or yeah, but look how, and you're like, oh yeah, forgot about that. I'm not any different than you to anybody else. Uh, Sometimes I call it like, I'll be working with some of the managers and I'll just, it's out loud thinking partner. It's just having an out loud thinking partner with you. Right. And, and somebody that you can just sit there in in silence unadulteratedly listening to them and uh, they just talk and then they go oh yeah uh, i knew that like it's not I, I coaches want to i know we want we do training and we do all of these things but you know the reality is if you can sit there and be with somebody and listen to them that's probably 90 percent of the game very true i think it's such a good percentage because um it brings up one thought in my own mind what what would you think it's like now in your present state looking back to patrick as a salesperson at the time like wh- where do you see like maybe a comparison would be like an inner child or you know something like that in a journey that when you were younger in your career and now you're looking at yourself as a supportive role like w- would you have looked back in reflection with maybe some advice for young Paddy when he was starting out on the sales floor or on the road or all the rest of, of, that came with it. Like, what, what, would you change anything or would you think that all that experience along the way really shows you life experience when you're actually in a coaching role? That's a really good question. Um, all roads lead to here. Yeah. So, so everything yeah, that, that I went through brings me to this point but yeah you can sit and think oh I should have done this and I shouldn't have had like 50 different careers and if I'd have applied myself when I was 20 if I'd have invested in bitcoin like you know (laughs) you know I'd be we'd be doing this and I'd be on a yacht or something um but that's all the journey and even though like the lovely thing I love to do like my, my thought on life sometimes is that life deals its lessons in discomfort and uh and pain uh because i think we don't listen when things are you're never going to listen when things are good oh it's lovely it's good you're not going to listen and so if things need to change or you need to look after your health or you need to change your job or you need to get away from a relationship life sort of brings difficulty to you and you have to listen to that and then it sparks movement and if you don't it turns up the volume and the next thing you have a heart attack and you probably should you know change your diet or go out and exercise yeah, right so i think life deals in lessons of uh, the lessons that it deals in are, are difficult but then when you arise out of that you are better 
right? Yeah. You are a better person for that experience. So I like to look back and go, oh, that difficult point in my life. Yeah, but look where I went after that. And that, oh, and then that was shit. But then look where I went after that. And then that was shitty. And look where I went after. So I, that's the fun for me sometimes is to go back and go, yeah, but then I met that person. And when I met that person, then I went over here. And then, oh, it got shitty, but then that happened. And then I went over here. Like, that that's fun. I like to look at it like that. Yeah, it's very interesting because the way you're kind of plotting the course there is just like, as you say, you're nearly going with the flow of life. It ebbs and it flows, it's left to right, it's up, it's down. And actually, Shane, my previous guest this week, said uh, he was down in Australia. And it was like the Aborigine way of looking at life, that they spiral around the world. Literally, when they look at it, it's like, that everything is like absorbed in this just state of whirling consciousness. Like we're, we're only just in and out of different points. As you say, it's lovely. It's such a nice analogy that you did there that like, I think, as you said, you meet certain connections along the way, stories, people, places, things. And I think that's the beauty in the narrative, you know, and that's probably where I'd love to say, say sink in uh, the natural transition of, that journey with the uh, essence of say the aboriginals say the life before all of this real crazy industrial commercial world mm. and i'd love to see your own say scope on it say my own two cents on it at the moment is like say when you're on a team and say any tech org or any business you feel that energy it's the essence of a mini tribe so like what i'd love to see like i'd love to see how post pandemic the real introduction of hybrid sales, remote teams or whatever it is, adapts. Like, mm. will it be the same? Is there that energy on the floor? Like, you probably know this more so now from the live environment. Like, is that energy still present with teams being remote? Like, you genuinely probably need people, you know, the physical presence is lost in that essence. Yeah. It, it's the one, it's probably, well, the one profession I know of that you, it's so, because it's hard and you, you're dealing with rejection day to day, you do want somebody beside you yeah. and you want to hear somebody and you do want to say, Oh, that I've had, you know, the 20th person has said no to me or hung up the phone. Can we go for a coffee? But right now people that are selling are sitting in a room by themselves and that's difficult. Yeah. That's difficult from an energy perspective. So um, I think with groups in that, in that way, it's probably better that they get together as often as they can um just to just to share just sharing the pain <laughs> yeah but i think i think sh- sh- sharing is such a nice word because uh, i actually had a call earlier today at work and someone was saying the essence actually yeah a lady was over in london <clears throat> she was saying she djs and like it's the essence of i think the word share like it nearly brings spirituality to life because i think energy comes with spirit and I think, you know, especially in any part of life, if you have a high spirit, everything else nearly looks with it after itself. Sorry, that wasn't worded very well. But if you have a good energy state and you're in high spirits, you're looking at the world so much differently. The mindset's different. The wild life is just like you're running with the vibes of flow and everything is much nicer. Mm-hmm. So what I'm trying to see here is like, how would the world of sales maybe adapt to like, I don't know, there's only some companies that come to mind with, say, spirituality even creeping into it, like with cultures, like mm-hmm. maybe, or anything like that. Is there a big difference in industries or workplaces, say, in general, that like culture is such a massive thing? And I'd say even now diversity as well, that adds to that. 
it probably is even harder to manage that. I do find that approaching, say, like a team or individuals, like you've diversity, you've you know different energy states, you've different people on the dashboard. How how do you balance that as a coach? Because you're meeting people from every walk. Like part of the journey, I'd say as well, because it's so good. In that sense, you get such a mix. Mm-hmm. Um, but is is that part of the attraction slash challenge? I don't think there's any challenge there. Um, no, again, like why I do what I do is just for the to help the people that are involved in the profession that they're in. So it, I suppose the best way to to describe it is, um, I think I listened to I had a chance to go and and listen to Joe Schmidt. He was talking at my uh, local rugby club back when up in Portadown, and um, uh, he said that. One thing that he always um, kept top of mind was that he was working with people who played rugby, not rugby players. And so I'm working with people who happen to sell. And so when you talk about life and spirit and energy and all of like that's that's all inclusive because that's a person that you have in front of you. So you have to open the door and let life in and sit with you in the conversation. Um, yeah. And you know, what is spirituality? I mean, you know, it's, it can be maybe hijacked by religion, but like spirituality is, is just what we are as humans. And um, mm. we all go through our, our high and low energies. We like to go out for walks in nature. There's something innate that we know that's unspoken about, right? Uh, that you can talk to with somebody about, the innate wisdom that we have, uh, you can have conversations with people about innate wisdom, but you can call it things like uh, their their gut or their intuition. Yeah. Right? So what does your gut tell you right now? Uh, and that's an acceptable word to use, but really what we're talking about is your soul or your, uh, your heart yes. or yes. your, your yes. innate wisdom. Right. And 100%. That, but, but people know it as gut or your intuition. And so you can talk like that. But what is your, what's your intuition on this? And what you're doing is you're removing them out of their brain, out of their head. Oh, wow. Right. And the, bringing them into their body, which is a very intelligent thing that we own. Uh, we're, just, we're just blocked a lot of the times by what's going on up there. And you bring them in there and then they go, oh, yeah actually it's telling me this then why aren't you listening to that and then they'll get back up into the brain oh because of this 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 and this <laughs> that's so good the one thing right? that jumps to mind is like that you would be literally say in the middle of a conversation at work and you could be standing up and like you're out of your body or mind into your body and you're moving and flowing and you could be back in your head I, I love that analogy because that's where i was trying to break into this yeah. and tap into where do you see someone maybe in a coaching aspect to say maybe relate to this when you were in your own sales roles like if someone's in their head how, like is that type of the journey that that is that type of the process a similar journey for someone to help get them out of their head like you know get up move it's a very simple thing to say but not many people would do it like you could be on the phone all day just go have a walk you know yeah. break your strides like let your head recover like get yeah. out of that situation because more often than not that's exactly what we need yeah, they're always in all everybody's in their head. We're all in our heads. It's just you you have to maybe bring bring them down and say, like, uh, well, what what you know, uh, tell me what your gut tells you about this. And then you talk about that. Or you can talk about, you know, like 
<laughs> sometimes you can say like, you know, and it's interesting, what is it? What is it when you can't figure the answer to something and then one minute you're in the shower and just the answer comes to you? What is that? That's like, a very is, good question. Right? Because I and, yeah, say, you can ask that yeah, question. You can ask that question. Like, what is that? And, and everybody instinctively will go, yeah, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? Well, that's 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 your that's your innate wisdom, right? The the best. There's a really great coach I follow him a lot, Michael Neal, and he talks about um if you can think about your inner wisdom, it's like the little piccolo uh, in a band, and it's always playing. You just can't hear it because yeah, your thoughts yeah. are like the the brass drums and uh, and trumpets that are playing all, all over the top of it. But the moment you can settle that down, you'll be able to hear the the piccolo, and that's your innate wisdom. And so when you're in the shower and it just comes to you, it's because that's all settled, and now you're left with uh, with that innate wisdom and, and that's really something that I would see a lot more nowadays when I'm on the phone that I try and stay present and let my thoughts not take over and just like be there for the client as you said be able to listen to them and guide them through that and let them kind of go oh yes eureka yeah and that then becomes the moment that they take off like as you say like that's the point in coaching maybe that it really hits from your side, the level of energy that you get from the uh, reciprocation of actually helping them because they're like, yes. And then all of a sudden you're like, brilliant. Yeah. Well, the other side of it as well, Rory, is like people aren't, you know, I'm not even like, there's part of me is not listening to you right now because I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go from what I'm going to say, right? We're not really listened to. We're not genuinely listened to. Generally, people listen to talk next, right? Yeah. So with you, with that, uh, example you were talking about a customer and just listening to them there is something subconscious to them that's going Fuck, this guy's listening to me this is oh he's he's actually he's actually listening to me like he cares and and then that'll start coming it's i, I would say it to i've said it to a few sales people before is tell you what just get on the phone and just be in silence and listen and then whatever they're saying just ask questions or no scripts no law, I'm going to ask these questions. You just get on the phone and ask your first question, let them talk and just go with it and see where it goes. And it's, it transforms. It transforms a conversation because we're not listening to And like, that's one of the things that I have been always trying to attain myself to. Well, on top of probably interrupting would have been one thing over the years that creeps in as a habit. But like, I think the art of actually like reassuring say with value is another one that i've used massively lately in the sense that for example someone does a good job on the call like say for example the client genuinely says yes to whatever it might be or they actually discover something and then you actually stop with them or say for example if they've gone through their own personal story and then i can connect with that yeah mm-hmm. i actually allow them the space like you don't i don't just go in to go right like in a sales world close the deal you actually like open up the story and go well why was that and then all of a sudden you said the romance just the beauty of it comes out and all mm. of a sudden you could have 20 minutes half an hour of unbelievable conversation and then they literally stop in mid-breath going thank you so much for actually allowing me the time in my day to clear my head mm. it's like that other catch-22 that if you can allow someone the space to get a clear head or give them the support to do that 
I think that's one of the things that I've realized. If I have a clear head, it's such a different world. And if you can help someone in that world, clear their own thoughts, as you said, bring the clouds away and let the sun through, that is magic. Yeah. But that, <clears throat> that's when you get to that innate wisdom state. That's when you get to that flow state because you're the, the voices, the chatter, like if you think about it, <laughs> it was, I was reading something about a few years ago and it was the first time I actually went, like we have a chatter box in our head like nonstop, 24-7, well, when you're sleeping, probably, since you were a child, and nobody turns around to somebody else and go, do, 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 do you have all that in, in, incessant voice just <laughs> Like, no, it's this unwritten, it's this unwritten rule that nobody talks about it. Like, don't talk about the, like, elephant in the room. But, like, 24-7, you have this thing going in your brain talking at you. Like talking at you. It's, it's actually weird when you bring your mind up to it for the first time, you're like, you say, tell somebody sit there for like five minutes and just listen to it. You'd be like, fucking hell, look at the amount of stuff that I've just thought about in the last five minutes is ridiculous. And it's about settling that down. And that's why, yes, people go for meditation. People go walking. People like spend time with their friends or read about Like that's what it is to let that settle, right? Like, yeah. you know, how do you see, how do you see the dirt in a, in a, in a bowl of, 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 of muddy murky water well you don't have to do anything you just let the water settle and it'll become clear <laughs> nice. and you, and you see it at the bottom right you don't have to do anything yeah it's the moment that you know that you're up there i, I can guarantee if you like know it you're like she's in my head that moment right there that'll just brings it right back down it's amazing like the way that life brings its own um journey of say anxiety or stress through a day and whatever it might be so many different things come up and i think the essence of where we've even left this uh conversation flow i love that phrase of what comes up because in sales it's probably one of those potent areas that you nearly are working with for those of you who are not in sales what you partly do in the conversation is you're trying to uncover the client's situation scenario what are they challenged with etc identifying their pain and you're bringing that pain to life and you're trying to give that support. So like what I can see and feel and sense from our journey, but definitely this conversation is you're allowing, uh, say, an individual, you know, male, female, sales person or whatever it might be to actually flourish. It's like, it's like you're actually just connecting to that inner child or inner voice or inner chat or whatever it is. And just saying, look, just slow down for a second. Let's give it a bit of space. Let's let all those jargon thoughts fall out. And what's actually going on here? Because I'm sure for the amount of times you must have met even myself, maybe when I was back in Indeed or even say since then over the last few years, you're just letting the conversation flow over. And then all of a sudden it comes to that state in the conversation where you're both present. And then that's the real magic where it's like, now we can actually make action here. What do we need to do? What's the next step to make a decision to go forward? You're actually realizing, wow, you said you're connecting to that weight that's gone. And I think that's a huge part of support. And that's one thing you've massively always given is that like you're able to realize that someone needs space just to offload that weight. And I'd say that's probably the refreshing chapter that they come in to meet and sit down or whatever it is, converse over uh, Zoom remotely. And then actually the release after that is just baggage free. They take off the weight and it's just a whole change in their persona. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in a lucky position because I'm not their manager. <laughs> and I always tell them, <laughs> I'm not your manager. So 
I think you used the word space earlier, so you can create a space yeah. that, that allows that to happen because, you know, a, a salesperson who comes to see me doesn't feel like they have to tell me what I, what they think I need to hear. Um, and so then, then you have that space. And once you have that space, then, then the good stuff happens. It's so interesting because like, how do you find if say someone wasn't as inclined to maybe share, like, I'm sure there must be people that are only open and willing like myself to not stop talking. But like, if someone was more reserved in that way, like how do you find maybe the space to help them blossom and open up and get out of their own head? Maybe if we use that phrase we were using earlier. That's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, I, I, you just have to take time. You can't just run in there and <laughs> start coming. <laughs> like, uh, it's about, you know, taking time. And again, I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, what their journey has been, um, where they've come from. Uh, is this their first sales role? Have they had many before? Um, you know, what's brought them here? Like the, to me, that's all fascinating because I think that tells, uh, so I take time to listen and learn from that. But on the other side, like I always tell them, uh, if something comes to me, I'll tell them like, so if I feel after a while that that's happening, I'll just say, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Yeah. like point blank here. Here's the problem. No problem telling somebody, I think, you know, like you're not telling me the truth. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's that way forward because you need honesty and transparency. And I presume that's probably the foundation. Like, would you see that building a really healthy relationship, though? If you didn't have that honesty and transparency, it's probably a lot harder to relate to helping someone in a coaching capacity. Um, yeah, I mean, look, again, it goes back to, it's, you know, you can't coach somebody who doesn't want to be coached. True. That's the bottom line. Uh if there's no client there's no coaching so very true uh so if somebody doesn't want to be there then there's no point there's no point and uh, and i might say that too or then you just maybe say look let's just leave this for now and we'll we'll readdress it you know so um you can't force anybody to want to enter into a coaching conversation yeah that's true to be fair because naturally excuse me it's only people that really actually either seek out support or naturally are guided in that way into support. And I think that's one of the, that's, sorry, that's been one of the most beautiful things in my own journey that I wasn't uh, very far away from being pushed into support. And now that I found my own journey has completely pivoted to be more support focused. Mm. Your awareness of that becomes a lot more primal and natural, as you said, because you're more aware of supporting others. And then that in itself, like, yeah, that's actually a very last, sorry, a very good question, actually. Do you think, as I lose my words, do, do you think that, like, helping yourself focus on others, was that something that attracted you to the role of, say, coaching or the space in general? Um, Like, at the time when I probably first got into it, I think it was, and indeed, uh, I got a buzz out of, like, I got a buzz out of, helping people but then I think back then in my naivety I thought it was all about me and coaching is not about the coach and which I've learned but back then it was like 
look at me, look how great a coach I am, right? But like, uh, it's not about me and it's not about coaches. Um, and in fact, uh, to go back to that point where everybody has the innate ability to overcome their own problems, then it certainly isn't, it, 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 all I do is help and point and be a sounding board and suggest and look at, but I'm not going, I don't have to execute anything. I don't have to like uh, take actions. I don't have to do any of that. I, um, so then it's not really about me. So I think back then, yes, I got into it because I got a buzz out of it and probably was an ego, you know, a nice little boost to the ego. Hey, look at me. I'm a great coach, but uh, now I, I get into it because um you know, I went back into sales a few times and it was, you know, painful experience for me. It just, I'm decent at, at selling, just find it very uncomfortable. It doesn't suit my um, uh, temperament. And so because I'm acutely aware of that difficulty and I hear it and see it in other people, then that's what, that's what drives me. Um, so, so, so nice to hear. Because I love that word temperament. And I think that can be one thing that really ties in towards the uh, closing point on this. Uh, and I know conscious that I'd have, again, too many things clashing that I have to run back to work. But more so in the sense of if you're thinking on the word temperament for the last question on this, how do you find yourself as a coach actually thinking and sitting with? say any org you're working with like and saying if only i could help that person like is there advice so i suppose the point with this is being a very health focused or mental health focused podcast and as you talked about it earlier inner child was the inspiration for my own name on this like what what advice would you give to someone listening to this if they felt like maybe they identify and relate to it to hopefully reach out and go oh my god if I speak to a coach or if I try a coach, the beauty, as we said about the journey begins like, so that's the aim of these types of journeys. So like what in closing it would be your advice for someone that might relate or identify to anything we've said tonight. Like, Does everybody need a coach? Everybody needs a someone. Everybody yeah. needs someone that can provide them with an environment. Again, the space that you talked about, a trusting uh, thing, uh, somebody to listen to them, somebody to be a signing board. Everybody needs that. Everybody needs that. Uh, you know, they're the ex-CEO of um, Google. We used to, I used to roll out his clip all the time at Indeed. He said, everybody needs a coach, right? The top athletes in the world, the Serena Williams, McElroy's, like they all need coaches, yeah. They, they all need somebody to to turn to in a difficult point and say, what do you think or what are you seeing? Because I'm I'm in it and I can't see it, right? But you're over there and you have a bigger view. So could you tell me what you see over there? Could you help me or can I talk to you? Or can I, that's what talk therapy is all about. Talk, 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 get it out, right? So what's my advice is, you know, it's not remedial. Uh, it's uh, it's not for just high performers, not for underperformers, not for it's everybody should have somebody that everybody should have somebody that can provide them with a little bit of space, a safe environment, a trusting environment, and somebody to listen to them. And if you if that's what coaching is, then yeah, everybody needs a coach. That is so beautiful because I think, as you said, as you mentioned your other half um, earlier on in your family, like 
it's she's that my, safety. She's my consigliere. I, I call yeah. her my consigliere. <laughs> it's and I suppose like even conscious that we give you some back time back with her tonight. It's like that in the sense that you know family and support and the blanket and the love that comes from all of those warm feelings that we think about coming into the winter. I think if there's anything we can inspire or create from anything tonight is uh, that essence that if you feel that maybe there isn't uh, someone there for you, remember that there is hope. And I think that's one of the most important things is to remember that you will, whether or not you have it in your life right now, if you think about it or ask for it, it will in some shape or form manifest. Yeah. And, and the other parting on that, Rory, is uh, nobody's broken. Yeah. nobody's broken we actually have everything we need we just need to see it we just need to see it right we just need to to look inwards a little bit and understand that we pretty much have everything we need not like i'm not talking about food and shelter and all i'm just talking about we have everything we need to overcome challenges we just maybe need to see it a little bit more yeah it's very nicely put um, I am so glad that we managed to get a chance and uh, it's been long overdue. My God, it's been a while uh, coming um, in fairness. And uh, I'm so honored that uh, you're the first uh, person that has actually connected in the business space, we'll say to be fair. But then again, I think everything connects in life. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of all this journey that no matter where you start the conversation, everything connects. And I think to connect here to help connect other people i think uh god bless anyone that is in that journey uh, because uh it's the beauty of life i think it's all about telling our own story and giving us a share of our own two cents to listen to people like yourself and be absolutely honored to uh take your story on and uh, give it out to the world lovely thanks for having me on Rory. really really loved it great conversation Thank you. welcome to my world riff raff and rory podcasts Episodes will be available every Monday and you can listen to the podcast on all podcast streaming platforms. Follow me on Insta, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. All of my handles are in the show notes. Thanks very much. Tune in next week.